The following is a hoop ball presentation. Welcome to the Fantasy NBA Today podcast. I suppose if I had wherewithal to actually schedule things out in the proper order, I probably would have recorded yesterday's show with our good buddy Adam King and released that show today. And today's show would have actually happened yesterday. I say this because today's show is where we basically now will be wrapping up our discussion of the best press buckets. It's kind of a bring it all together kind of show. I'm not going to go through a series of ranks or anything like that. But this is the whole, like, what what are all of the things we learned all rolled together into one discussion episode. And then we could have had the mailbag with Adam today instead of yesterday. And then tomorrow, Friday's show, taking us into the weekend, we're talking to Aaron Bruski. The founder of Hoopball, our benevolent overlord, who, and I've, I've actually already recorded the segment with Brew before taping this Thursday episode, I, so I know what we talk about already, and we get into the B-150, methodology, how he works through it, how long it takes, it's not going to tell you exactly how it all comes together, but just kind of the, the thought process and what goes into the creation of what is, and I don't think it's insane to say, the preeminent list in all of fantasy basketball. Welcome to the show, first and foremost. This is Fantasy NBA Today, a hoop ball presentation. I already told you about hoop ball. I am Dan Bespris, your host, at Dan Bespris on Twitter. Please do drop me a follow, D-A-N-B-E-S-B-R-I-S, or just Google search Dan from Hoopball. That is the easiest way to find me. And I hope you'll do so because one of my resolutions for this coming basketball season is to get back into social media. And I know a lot of you people probably thought, oh, Dan's still doing quite a lot on social. Uh, not nearly as much the last year, maybe two years. And COVID had something to do with it, but COVID hadn't hit prior to last the previous season. And I wasn't as active on social that year either there's just you know life i guess but i want to get back into it i want to do more question and answer stuff on social media i want to do more storms i want to have more thoughts and it'll probably really start to click once the season starts because right now we're deep into the draft stuff it's hard to go through a ton of draft things on twitter i find that this pod is actually a much easier form for me to talk through a lot of that stuff and so thank you to all of you guys for listening please do drop a five-star review on the show and hit the subscribe button if you haven't already. It's a massive, massive deal for me this time of year for all of us here at Hoopball. That is what kind of power boosts things up the board. I have more promo things I want to go through at some point on today's program. But it's really about tying everything together. A quick reminder. Very quick, I hope. The Bespris Buckets. Why did we even do this two-week exercise in list and draft order creation the why is about understanding the difference between a list and draft order the why is about learning how to use 
the incredible data you have in front of you. It's about harnessing the power of a good list. What I hope you guys will do with the information we've we've gone through on this podcast throughout this Bespris bucket, Bespris bucket, I can't even say my own damn last name, section of the proceedings, is take what I've taught you and apply it to whatever list you might be using. My personal list, I feel, is actually not that great when you compare it to some of the biggest names in the fantasy industry. I believe that there are probably, I don't know many, I don't know how many true lists are floating around out there. A dozen, maybe, from, from key analysts that people actually focus on. Or it might even be less than that. There's like the Roto World list, the Basketball Monster list, the B150, a handful of others. My personal list is, it, first of all, it doesn't really come together until like a week before the season starts. It's why, and we're seeing it happening already. They're not even in a training camp yet, and we've heard about multiple large injuries, mostly out of Indiana, for whatever reason, because not that Edmund Sumner was going to have a massive impact in fantasy or real life, but he apparently tore his Achilles, so he's now out for a year. And then this TJ Warren, who's back to being out indefinitely, something's in the water in Indianapolis. Regardless, you're going to see more stories like that between now and like October the 12th. I try to have most of my drafts within that last week before the season because I don't want to end up drafting someone in the fifth round who turns out to just magically not play for the first half of the season. I want to know the damn health status of everybody that I draft. So my list, which still has some of that stuff floating around in it, along with, frankly, an understanding of what role certain guys are going to have, we do learn a little bit about that during training camp and just kind of leading up to the season and more numerical analysis, my list, I believe, is probably the worst. It's a weird way to talk about something that I spend a decent amount of time on. And I again, I hope that you guys will continue to trust me. The point that I'm making by even admitting such a thing, or I don't know, you guys, you guys probably think I'm insane for saying it, but like I would, if I didn't do my own homework, which I do, but if I didn't, I would go to the B-150 every time. Which, by the way, you guys can get that. I'll tell you different ways you can get your hands on the B-150 later in the show. Right now, I really want to focus on this main point. The why. Why buckets? Well, because I'd say even my list, which I think is good but not great. Why is my list good but not great? Well... Look, you guys know I don't really handicap rookies. That's a corner cut. It's a little bit lazy on my part, but we all have limitations in our existence. Mine is I don't have 100 hours to put a list together. I've got 30 or 40. How do I save five or more hours? I just take the data I know, which is rookies are going to get overdrafted, on the whole, especially the biggest name ones. And, you know, if 90% of those don't hit, I probably shouldn't be spending all of my time trying to figure out 
which the one out of 10 that is, because that one out of 10 that usually hits on the rookie class is going to be somebody who's probably drafted in the 80 to 150 range anyway. Okay. Why else do I think, say, someone like Brewski's list is better than mine? Besides the fact that he puts way more time into it than I do, into my own. He's willing to take more shots. He gets down to the, you know, thousandth, ten thousandth decimal point on how he's building this stuff. I don't. I work generally off of what I know. And I put this list together based on an assessment that I I feel is pretty strong. So then I say, even with what I would call maybe the, I don't know, crap. Hypothetically, let's just say I have the worst list among preeminent fantasy analysts. It's a weird way to do a show, but I, I hope you guys will stick with me. I still win almost every Roto League I'm in. Head-to-head has the the... There's so much still left up to chance, but I tend to have pretty good teams in head-to-head leagues. I win almost every Roto League that I'm in for two main reasons. First, which we're not going to be talking about on today's show, I think that my assessment of in-season talent is among the best in the fantasy industry. So while I will clown on myself for saying that I believe that my list isn't as good, my rank list I don't think is as good as other prominent fantasy NBA analysts. I think that my assessment of in-season pickup and drops is as good as it gets. So we're always going to stick to that, and I hope you guys will hang with me throughout the season for all that stuff. We'll grab those guys before anything pops up on the radar. Well, I mean, we, we're way out in front, but we don't get too far out in front because that happens too often. Uh, analysts will tell you to pick someone up three months before they're useful. Most of us can't sit on a guy for that long. I think that my in-season work is terrific. I'll stack that up against anybody. And the reason I tend to come out of drafts with pretty damn good teams, not always the best, because I don't take those swings, it's going to be hard for me to have like a clean sweep on draft night. Inevitably, there's going to be one team out of every three or four leagues that just nails it. Bullseye over and over and over again. And that team's going to be one that I'm fighting with throughout the year. And I'm going to be gaining ground on them all season long because I think I'm making better moves than they are. And you guys will be right there with me the whole way. But the reason that I can take what I believe is my fairly middle-of-the-road fantasy list, better than a lot, but not as good as some, and still draft better than most is because of the buckets. Because I believe that I personally, and we here on this podcast, I hope, have a better understanding of not necessarily the greatest picks in fantasy, but the best application of a list in fantasy. So take the B-150. Go whatever you guys are going to end up doing. Whatever list you use, I hope it's the B-150 because I think that's the best. But if you make your own, awesome. Save a couple of bucks. You can make your own. I don't care. We'd like you to buy things at Hoopball, but honestly, I'd rather you just listen to the pod. And uh, anything on top of that is icing on the proverbial cake. 
Take your list that you've made yourself and utilize the bucket method. Take pre-ranks and ADP data off of whatever website you're using and start to organize players into groups. Who belongs in this group? Then you take that public data and you start to shift bodies around based on the likelihood of where they're going to be drafted. And all of a sudden, you know what order you're going to have to take players in. Nothing's infallible on draft day. You might get in a draft where weird guys go in a weird order, in which case, you know what? It's a little bit annoying, but you've still set up your buckets in case something like that happens. Because if someone who you've bumped down artificially gets drafted earlier than you expect, that means that someone in an earlier bucket you have should still be there. It's a really hard concept, I think, to internalize. I've gotten into arguments with folks about this on Twitter before, because what else is social media for if not for arguing? Where I've had people tell me that just taking a rank list into a draft room is good enough. The answer, the, my retort to that is, sometimes. Sometimes that's true. In hyper-competitive leagues, nope. The only time that's true in a hyper-competitive league is every is if everyone else in that league is working off the exact same list as you. Because then, screw it. You just pop the list in, everybody auto-drafts, and you're done. But not everyone, generally nobody, has the exact same order on their brain that you do. Unless, again, you guys are working directly off of a list. But... And we've used this example a bunch of times on the podcast. Just because a guy on your personal rank board is ranked 35th, you need to know where they're most commonly drafted so you can figure out what sort of profit margin you're hunting for there. So I hope that answers the question of why buckets. Why do we categorize them into buckets? If you, well, the other answer to the why is that you could rearrange your list based on exact numerical order. But I don't like that method because it obscures the fact that a lot of these guys are basically the same fantasy value. For instance, this year, looking at like a bucket 11 on our board. Jonas Valanciunas and Draymond Green are in that bucket together. Those two guys, and, you know, maybe this says, we'll, we'll move some bodies around, but for right now, those two guys are slated to have pretty damn close fantasy value this year. If you had JV in front of Draymond Green on your personal board, and then Jonas got taken right in front of you in your draft, if you don't have him in the same bucket... You're ripe for a letdown. Ah, oh, I wanted so-and-so guy. If you've got him in the same bucket, you know, like, all right, whatever, I got one of the dudes that I was looking for there. So I think it's a nice way. So this is why number two on buckets in this sort of, again, putting a bow on everything episode of the show. Why number one is because I, again, I think that it, I know, this isn't even a think. This is, I know it's a way to improve your drafting ability because you're utilizing lists, multiple, in a more proper manner. 
You're combining multiple pieces of information into one thing you can operate on on draft day. Why number two is that mentally it makes drafting super duper easy. You can throw guys onto a queue from your bucket list if you wanted to. Just throw a whole bucket of players into your queue. When your term rolls up, you can see how many of the guys in whatever bucket are left. That's delightful. That's a really easy way to draft, especially if you only have 45 or 60 seconds to make a pick. You're not hunting at the last minute. If all of a sudden all of your guys in one bucket run out, you know where to turn. And the way you pick within an individual bucket, once they start to get a little bigger, six, seven, eight players or whatever in in one bucket of guys, is built pretty heavily on what you've taken so far. If you got to bucket 11, which is the one we were talking about, and you have a bunch of centers, you probably lean Shea. If you had a bunch of guards, you probably lean JV. If you're punting points, (laughs) which we accidentally do sometimes in this group, you go Draymond Green. That's kind of the last piece of the puzzle. Buckets don't fully solve that thing, but it is not an unwise decision to throw position eligibility next to the names as you build your buckets out. Why do we do it this way? Reason number three, it's really sort of the culmination of all of that stuff, is this is a way to maximize and and... Truly, this is the answer that we've already broken down. We draft this way because it maximizes the number of players you wanted that you can then also get. It handles that percentages element we've talked about. There's a 50-50 shot of you getting some guy when he comes back in the next round versus a 10% chance that some other guy gets back. You probably take the dude who only has a 10% chance to get back, and you hope that the 50-50 guy gets back to you. It's not going to work every time. But it works a hell of a lot more than if you've drafted the other way around. And the fourth reason why is because, again, we don't all have infinite time. If you had infinite time, you would then take the buckets you've arranged and you would organize the players numerically within the bucket. Which, by the way, I might advise you guys to do on your first 20 to 25 players. That's actually pretty easy. But doing it on 120, 130, assigning an actual number to them, that takes a long time. And it's not the same as your original rank list, remember. This is now, you do the buckets off your original list, creating those somewhat artificial, but I think relatively reasonable and agreed upon break points between groupings of players. Step two, take pre-rank and ADP data and plug that in and move guys down buckets based on when you know they're going to be getting drafted later. The guys that are getting drafted, you move them down the board a little bit. Guys that are getting drafted too early, you you probably just leave them where they were with the assessment, look, this is where I have them ranked. I'm not going to move them sooner to go get them, but if they fall to me at this particular spot, great, I'll end up with them and it allows me to come back to my other guy later. So now you have bucket version 2, which is with public perception data built in there. And if you wanted to go full crazy person, which I would, again, if you have the time, then screw it, go for it. 
go into each bucket one by one and arrange the players numerically that way. It's a really nice way to chunk out the work. That is to say, it's a whole hell of a lot easier than taking your original rank list and trying to just rebuild a new full list using public data. Once we get more uh, solidified ADP and pre-ranked data from Yahoo, and we have it so far, we'll, we'll dig into a bit more next week once things start to shape up a little bit more, although they'll, they'll, of course, continue to move over the next you know, 45 days or whatever we're, we're staring at at this point. Once we've then put that into the buckets, because that's, again, that's kind of the hard work. You're, we're, we're doing this in, in little quanta. Then you're talking about five, six, seven players at a time. That's a pretty rankable group. Bucket 10, we had Brandon Ingram, Chris Stapps, Porzingis, Jalen Brown, and Miles Turner. I think we can pretty easily look at those four guys and say, okay, well, which... How, what order do I, do I actually want these four guys in? Not even thinking about anybody else on the board. Now, we have to be very comfortable with the bucket we put everybody in before we get to this stage. This very much has to be the last thing you do before stepping foot in your draft room. But if, that's, if you have the time, that's a pretty good way to make your new list. And then you basically have your new rank board. That's how you take your list Preseason data, rank preseason ranks, and then the buckets, which is what those two things combined into, and build that into a brand new, whether you want to go buckets or not, list of players to draft from. It's a very long answer to the why question, but I wanted to really hammer that point home, and if I have to do a whole damn show about it, I will. Because there's just so much more to fantasy drafting than grabbing the guy you like. There's, there's so much more to fantasy drafting than building a brilliant rank list. Because if you draft the guys on your rank list based on the numbers there, you've eliminated their profit margin. The whole point is to get the guy you have ranked 24th Later than 24. You want wins on draft day. I I have to tell people this all the time. And I don't know why it really took me until this offseason to finally sit down and put together a series of podcasts on it. But like every year we talk about the Brewski 150 on this show ad nauseum as we should because it's the best damn list out there. But people use it the wrong way. People get to the end of the year. You know, one of the questions that came up on yesterday's mailbag show with Adam was uh, the guy who was like, hey, should I take projections as the thing I use going into my draft? Yeah, you take projections into your draft because projections are built off of an amalgam of information, you know, career numbers, current situation, et cetera, et cetera. It all rolls together into a projection. But again, if you're just taking a rank list into your draft, you're probably not taking guys in the correct order. I don't know who you guys have high on your list. Take any example of someone you have higher on your own list than you think other people have on theirs. That person, per, for me, is is uh, 
hell, I don't know. Rudy Gobert, probably at 17. We probably have higher than other people. Tobias Harris, we always have higher. Rashawn Holmes, whatever. I don't want to draft those guys where I have them on my list. I have Tobias Harris at 27 currently. Again, a lot of these guys are going to get moved around. I don't want you guys writing down these numbers because these are not... This is not going to be the final list. So if you're like, Dan, I drafted off what we talked about at the beginning of September, I'm like, God damn it, I told you 70 times, don't use this as the final marker. This was an exercise, and we were going through some of the process together to learn how to build buckets, how to interpret information. This is about the learning process. But again, I don't, I'm not going to advocate taking Tobias Harris at 27. If you think he's going to finish there, that basically says don't get him any earlier than this spot. Who on my list is going to get drafted ahead of Tobias that I have ranked really close to him? Trey Young, Drew Holiday, Zach Levine, Donovan Mitchell probably, although Donovan half round behind him, I guess. So if it gets to your turn at that point, pick 27, which was that third pick of the third round, 25, 26, 27, meaning there's a good like 18, 20 pick haul between that and your next actual selection. This is where you're starting to make critical decisions. In all likelihood... You know, I don't know what Tobias Harris's ADP is going to be this year. Probably in the 30s, maybe the 40s. Let's say you really wanted to get Trey Young. Let's say that he's a guy that's on your board in that neck of the woods. You know Trey ain't getting back to you in the 40s. But there's a chance Tobias Harris, Rashawn Holmes, Mikael Bridges. Those guys, there's a chance they do. And so even though we have Tobias ahead of those guys... In that instance, you probably take those other guys first because you're maximizing the chance that you get all the guys you're hunting for. That's not a perfect example because, you know, I'm kind of low on Trey Young. He'll be off the board well before we get to this point. And I'm probably much higher than most on Tobias and, and a guy like Rashawn Holmes. But this is why we've put them into the buckets. And this is why we wait on the pre-ranked data because then we'll start to slot them in where they actually belong. Not on the rank list, on our draft board. The pride list and the final draft list, which you can do buckets or you could put them back into an order if you really wanted to, they are different animals. We've talked about it already on this podcast, but the next part of this adventure is what comes next. We've bucketed basically the first 80 players or so. And then after that, I told you, look, everyone after that point, you do need to just put into one bucket and you do need to organize those guys numerically. Because at that point, you just grab. You're not worried about what order you're taking guys in, really, once you get to like 85 or 90. You're not thinking who's going to get back to me. You're taking the guy you think has the best chance to have a good season after that. So the next step is arranging everyone after you finished your buckets into a true numerical order. And again, I don't really care about ADP data with those guys. That's sort of independent of it. That's the post-bucket bucket. bucket. (laughs) 
Yes, today's the day. Dan got to actually say the word two times in a row. 85, 90 times I say the word during every podcast, but I think that's the first time that I've said it two consecutive words. And then you have that A-B choice that we talked about before. You can go back into your... Well, now, I guess I should mention the next step is actually taking the pre-ranked data and building off your list that way and making sure that you're having the proper... You're taking guys at the proper time in the pre-end of the bucket part of your your board. And then after that, you have the choice of, do I want to categorize each of these individual buckets and uh, set up those players numerically within them? Those are the next steps. The step after that is just staying on top of the news until your draft day. And of course, you're going to have to do things a tiny bit differently for slightly different leagues that you're in. Which is why you probably want to save every iteration of this along the way. You save the pride list. You save the pre-ranked data from your big box site. You save your first trip through the buckets. You save your buckets after you've adjusted for pre-ranked data. You save your no man's land list and arrange it as necessary. You save your buckets... After they've been pre-rank shifted, call that the pre-rank shift, where we take a guy like Tobias Harris, who probably should be in bucket seven, and we move him down into bucket nine, because that's more where you'll likely have to take him. That's where you can get profit closer to where he's going. So again, this the, the buckets post-pre-rank. Once you've, once you've adjusted for pre-rank data, that's now you're putting guys where you think... Not necessarily where they're going. You probably want to slot them just slightly in front of where they're going. You've created your target profit margin. You've created your target profit margin. I want you guys to let that thought sink into your brain. Because that really is the next critical and somewhat difficult step in all of this. While we're tweaking all the way along the way, the next big step is the pre-rank adjustment. How far down, let's say, hypoth- like we, we have Tobias Harris again at uh, 27, which would put him somewhere in that bucket eight, bucket nine, neck of the woods on our actual draft board. If we find out his ADP is pre-rank, which I could actually look up now, but I, I kind of want to go blind on, on this note, and we'll talk more about pre-ranks on Monday, starting Monday of next week. If his pre-rank is like 46... We now have to decide, do I move him down all the way to where those guys are going in our buckets, or do I move him up one bucket from that spot and say, look, this is now my target. This is my target profit on Tobias Harris. I'm not going to draft him where I have him ranked. I'm not going to draft him where his pre-rank is. I'm going to take him in between those spots and this is where I think I can make sure I still have a good shot to get him and maintain profit. And then you set up your guys within each individual bucket, and then you're done. And that's it. That's how you simplify the process into a few hours instead of a few hundred. What's my advice 
for those of you out there who are not making your own list, I would say the B-150 is your starting point. It's not out yet. comes out in HoopBall 360 on the 29th of September, five days later in the old school bundle. That's new for this year, by the way. That's fantasy and betting. Five days after that, it's in the Fantasy Pass, which I think most of you guys that are getting anything at HoopBall, a lot of the guys listening to this show, you guys have the Fantasy Pass. So that's, I believe, 10 days before the season starts now. We're at that juncture. Uh, and then it's in the Individual Draft Guide. If you only get the Draft Guide, then uh, you get the Fantasy Pass, or you get the B-150 like five to seven days before the season starts. I would say the Fantasy Pass is more than good enough for me personally because... I try to do my drafts within a week of the start of the season. So you'd have the B-150 by that point. So anyway, go check that out. Go to hoop-ball.com. Get yourself a fantasy pass for $5.99 a month. And it'll come with the B-150. There is, I believe, a six-month lock because we don't want folks spending six bucks to get $30 worth of material. But it's worth it. It's worth it. So take the B-150. And I haven't seen it yet, by the way. I usually get to see it before anybody else does. It's one of the perks of... Uh, being a hoop ball higher up. When I see it, I like to see where he's got everybody. I usually make a few tweaks to my own list from it, but not a ton because I don't. I, I kind of don't want to mess with my own thought process. But again, for those of you, I think many of you listening to this podcast are probably not in the market to make your own entire rank board. It takes a long time. Take the B150 and then take Yahoo's pre-ranked data or ESPN, Fantrax, CBS, whatever site you're you're working from. And just do that one thing with me. It shouldn't take you more than two hours, I don't think, to go through each player in the B-150. First, crap, do the first 100 for all I care. Do the first 100 players. You should be able to do about a player every minute or so. So this shouldn't take you more than about two hours. Maybe even a little less if you're really humming and you're not taking breaks to check Twitter. And each player on that list, compare their B-150 rank to Yahoo's pre-rank or ADP, if you really, if you want, and start and set your target profit margin. I don't know where he's going to have his guys this year, uh, so I can't give you an example of that, nor would I without permission, uh, but that's, that's how you do it. Take two hours... With the B-150 and Yahoo's ADP data and set your target profit margin. If you find out that Brewer somebody ranked at like 38 and their pre-rank is 114, there's a pretty big window there for you to attack the profit margin. This is why I also do a, a few shows closer to draft season on ADP movement. That's a big deal. You see a guy move one or two slots in ADP late in draft season, it actually means they're moving more like 6 to 15 in real life because of weighted averages, the law of weighted averages. And now, friends, you're ready for your draft. You've set your profit margins. You've created your own draft order based on the league you're in because it really is pretty heavily dependent on whatever the default setting is of the draft room you go into if it's set up by pre-ranks if it's set up by adp that's probably the data that other people are going to be using as they go through their own board i think most people do a subpar job of gaming out the actual order that they're going to take guys 
from the whatever pride board they're working on, whatever pride list. Because again, the B-150, that's a pride list. That's where these guys going to finish. It's up to you guys to take that information and use it in the proper order. Or whatever list you might be looking at. Preferably your own. Because I really want us to all grow together, learn how to do this stuff together. But if not that, then again, hoop ball, nobody does it better. And that's that. We'll reassess this stuff when more information comes our way. Tomorrow, we'll talk to the great Aaron Bruski about the B-150, so you'll learn a little bit more about where that thing comes from. Get an update on what's going on uh, with Brew and his regular daily life, how he prepares for the fantasy season. Uh, any news, we'll hit on that, uh, of course, and that'll take us into the weekend. Monday, we'll crack open Yahoo's pre-rank, start going through some of that stuff and hunting down the very weird because it's always in there, and how you can use that in your favor. That'll take us a few days, and then it's mock season time after that. Oh, yes, we are close. I am Dan Bespris for Fantasy NBA Today. Again, please do drop me a follow on Twitter at Dan Bespris, or just Google search Dan from HoopBall. My Twitter account is the first result now. Hey, it's moved up to number one. Rate and review the pod, five stars, please, and hit that subscribe button. Again, very, very, very critically important for us this time of year. Because folks are coming out of the woodwork, people are searching for their new fantasy show and new subscriptions, downloads, and reviews. That's what allows us to be higher on the search results list, and we can continue to grow the podcast. And as I mentioned before, it's how we can also trim the number of advertisements because more people listen. You don't need as many ads to keep the lights on. Have a great Thursday, everybody. Back at you tomorrow with the big dog. So long. This has been a Hoop Bowl presentation.